This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Well, joining us now, he's an analyst for the Action Network, Covers.com, a contributor for Tennis Bets. We're going to talk Wimbledon with Kenny Ducey. You can follow him on Twitter at Kenny Ducey. Kenny, what's up, man? Thanks for joining You Better You Bet. Uh, it is great to be with you guys once again. And, yes, it is, uh, it's a very exciting time of year. I love the acoustics of grass court tennis. So it should be a very, very fun time watching Wimbledon. Uh, should be great. And, Kenny, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have kind of like qualifying matches going on this week and then the tournament that people kind of know, you know, even like more casual sports fans kind of starts in earnest at the start of next week, right? Like, are you, you know, as somebody who cares a lot about tennis and bets on it, are you already kind of like locked into what's going on right now? Do you watch a lot of the matches that are going on right now? I'm sure there's like tune-up events maybe going on as well, too. Like, what is this week like a busy week for you to get ready for the next couple of weeks? What's it like? Yeah, you, you don't have to say correct me if I'm wrong. This ain't your first rodeo, Ken. You know what you're talking about. And, yes, you are correct. Uh, there are qualifying matches going on right now. The second round, you've got to win three matches in a row to qualify for Wimbledon. So the second round is all set, uh, or, or all done, rather. we got the, the, the final qualifying matches coming up tomorrow. Uh, but, yes, there have been – grass court season is very bizarre. If you don't follow the tennis calendar, they really – play on grass only for three weeks there's only three weeks of grass leading up to Wimbledon and then at no other point in the year do you play on grass so you look at some of these records for players they have just not logged a lot of matches on the surface so unlike clay where you go from hard courts to clay you kind of get a sense okay this guy really does like to play on clay can win on clay uh, can't play on a hard court etc it is sometimes difficult to get a feel for how a player feels on grass and we've even seen that with Carlos Alcaraz not really having the correct footing on grass, trying to figure out how to play on it as he grows up. But uh, with, with all of that said, um, yes, there are, there's always going to be, uh, you know, big name players playing in these smaller events leading up to grass courts, uh, leading up to Wimbledon because grass court season is rather small. So it's sort of, it's unlike the week before a slam in that sense, but I will also say that, the majority of the favorites for Wimbledon, the vast majority, with the exception, I believe, of Ange Dupur, uh, or excuse me, without, uh, with the exception of Iga Swiatek, the favorite on the women's side, have opted to take this week off to rest, and we will see them next week at the All England Tennis and Racket Club. Kenny, we can do the the men's singles first, just because we were talking about uh, Djokovic a little bit uh, yesterday and the day before, and Alcaraz, who you already kind of mentioned there, so we can kind of kind of go to the next question. Djokovic is a pretty prohibitive favorite in this tournament. I think a lot of people, like may, maybe they watched the French Open, maybe they didn't. I, I watched the Australian Open also. Djokovic has won the f- first two Grand Slams this year. Obviously, just kind of like the longevity is crazy. Like Federer's gone. Nadal is basically gone. Djokovic is kind of the only one left, and he's still performing at a really high level. Minus 150, like a really pre- – again, like think about kind of how random a tennis tournament can be, even with like really good players in it. That price is is pretty crazy. What what do you make of that minus 150? We can go through like we'll do long shots. We'll do kind of other stuff. But do you agree that that should be Djokovic's price? And if you could identify the one player that has the best chance to beat him in a match, is it as easy as Alcaraz or is it somebody else? 
So it's very, it's a very difficult situation. And first of all, I will say, by the way, yes, he is absolutely deserving of this price. I would, I mean, I, I would get close to minus 200 with Novak Joke, but he has not lost a match on grass since 2018. Uh, this guy is just absolutely unbelievable on this surface. And when you talk about a surface that not a lot of players have experience on, like I was just saying before, a guy that's 119 and 22 across all competitions, that's including uh, exhibitions, what have you, that is insane. He's won Wimbledon the last four times he's played it. And in those events, he had some pretty staunch competition. And I'm not just talking about Rafa and Roger. Uh, I'm talking about guys like Matteo Berrettini. Matteo Berrettini emerged uh, over the last four years as arguably the best grass court player in the world, aside from Novak Djokovic. Uh, I, I think he has only lost two matches in the last four years on the surface. Uh, and even last year, with all this time off due to an injury, he just came back and won two straight titles. And then he had to drop out of Wimbledon due to COVID. So he, you know, we didn't really get to see what he could do. But he's really been the only guy that could step to Novak Djokovic on a grass court. Nick Kyrgios as well is one of the three best players in the world on grass. And why I mentioned those guys, well, Nick Kyrgios had his foot cut in a home invasion. That's the story that the Canberra press ran with anyway. That's why he had to withdraw from the French Open. He had arthroscopic knee surgery before that. So he wasn't seen at the Australian Open. We hadn't seen him all year. Uh, he came back on grass, did not really have the movement that we were used to seeing. He could not really move that well. He lost Eating Wu last week. He's off this week trying to rest up and recover for Wimbledon. Berrettini also dealing with injuries. He's going to try to give it a go at Wimbledon, but we haven't seen him either. So those are the top two competitors. Without them, this field is, is just absolutely not wide. I don't know what to call it. Do you call it a closed field? I don't know what to say, but I, I really don't know how else anyone beats uh, Novak Djokovic. And I know Carlos Alcaraz, has, uh, he did win Queens last week, which is a big step in the right direction. Uh, he's looking much more comfortable and learning how to play on the surface with every day. But, uh, you know, still not a lot of match experience on a, on a grass court. We also saw what happened when he faced Novak Djokovic at the French Open. Nerves got the best of him. And, and this is a guy that said in great point, the Netflix series, that he doesn't feel any nerves. Clearly he feels nerves. Um, so I think with all of all of these factors in play, and then Yannick Sinner, by the way, is the only other guy that gave Djokovic a test last year, took the first two sets off him before losing. I don't think he's playing well enough at the moment to beat him. So when you factor all that in, I, know, I don't think that anyone's beating Novak. So I think minus 145, whatever you could get, is a very, very solid price on him because the implied probability that he wins this tournament, I mean, to me, like in my eyes, is like 80%. Like I, I think – something pretty drastic would have to happen. He would have to get injured uh, along the way. Well, we've seen in Grand Slams. We've seen him pick up injuries during Grand Slams and still win Grand Slams. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot for him not to win his fifth straight Wimbledon. Which is, and that mirrors what, what Whale said when he came on Monday too. I, I, we asked Whale, Kenny, like I, how many people can win the Wimbledon men's singles title? And he was like one and a half. And he was like Djokovic and then Alcaraz. If they, like everything lines up perfectly. I think that kind of like mirrors how you feel about the tournament too. Like that made Sean want to bet Djokovic on, on Monday. Sean, Sean, does that make you want to bet Djokovic even more now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should be like minus 500 at this point. <laughs> so apparently like a lot of votes for Djokovic because, you know, he's the best and he never loses. That'll be interesting. Kenny, I, I know... You know, like if if the uh, the outright market, like who's actually going to win the tournament, is a pretty boring conversation to have. We don't have the quarter prices yet. Like these are some of the bets I know you like to make. And so, you know, I don't even know how much of the draw we know. I know we know Alcaraz is like the one seed, right? And Djokovic is the two. I don't even know how much else we know. Are there kind of like players in good form? You mentioned how weak the field is. 
are there players in good form that maybe, hey, like a quarter is a reasonable possibility here? Who would some of those players be that maybe would have some some bigger prices attached? Well, first of all, I can't believe you refer to Drew as I, – I know I worked with him at NBC Sports Edge. I saw – I call him Drew. I've called him Drew forever, and I love that you call him Whale. I'm going to start calling I him do. Whale. I do. I've known um, him before no. NBC, Kenny. Even before NBC. We were doing we were doing each other's podcasts in, like, 2015. Like, we were we're, we're originals. So, yeah, I, he doesn't call me Lockie, though. He calls me Ken. But I call him Whale. I respect the OGs in this industry. But anyway, what I will say is – uh, yes, Sebastian Corda is a guy that I've been looking at. You want to talk about a quarterback. Uh, I'm saying I'm on the radio and I'm on the phone. So quarterback on Corda. Um, I do really think as long as he avoids the Djokovic quarter, he's going to have a pretty decent shot. We've seen him uh, play very, very well in a grass court before. Remember, he went to Wimbledon and uh, had a pretty good run of wins two years ago. Beat uh, Alex D. Menor, Dan Evans, who's a solid grass court player, also from Great Britain. So it was a, it was a road game for him. And then he led Karen Hatchinoff in the fifth set by uh, by a break and tried to serve it out, I think, three times before he was ultimately not able to win that match. Um, and, you know, he was he was just a kid at that point, at the 20 years old, not able to serve it out. So, I, you know, he's obviously accomplished more at this point. He's a very solid player from both wings, plays a very graceful game on grass. And he has beaten Carlos Alcaraz before on a clay court. I did lose to him at Queens Club last year, or last week, rather, going to the semis, but still Dan Evans, Francis Diapo, Cam Nori were three huge wins for Corda. Very, very impressive there. So I really like him as a, a bit of a sleeper here um, that, to come out of a quarter. And then also when you look at some, look down the list of the odds, some other long prices, like you, I think you have to bet Nick Kyrgios at plus 3000 last year's finalist. He's just too good on this surface. And even with the, the limited movement we saw against Yiving Wu, like, you know, he's still an incredible server, right? He's one of the best servers, if not the best server in the world, in my opinion. And I know you could talk about John Isner as a faster serve, the faster of all time, but the ability for him to mix up his serves, disguise his serves, um, serve under pressure, he's an absolute, I, I, for me, the best server in the world. So on this surface, a very fast surface, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can count him out. And I think he could easily play his way into form, but I like him. I like Corda. And uh, I'm also speculative. Again, Matteo Berrettini is the guy that I, I might play around with those odds if I can get like longer than plus 5,000 because he's just so good on this surface. And we saw last year he doesn't even need to be in good form to win matches. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would say you really just go with those two big names who are, who are just injured and out of form, hoping that they play their way into form because it, it's very feasible those guys could reach the quarters at the very least. But I would say Corda probably can win his quarter if it breaks right. And uh, Taylor Fritz as well. Taylor Fritz, the guy that uh, is, he's going to break out of the slam. It's going to happen. He went to the quarter show last year. Obviously the heartbreak against Rafa should have won that match. Uh, I think he can redeem himself because once again, I, there's very few players that hit the ball harder than Taylor Fritz. And when you're talking about grass, you want guys to hit the ball hard for the most part. Anyway, Corda is a very finesse player, but he plays a good brand of lawn tennis with his slicing and his serving. So I, I, I think those, those that's a good group of guys to look at. Kenny, like a, a hard 30 seconds here. Really good stuff on the men's, but just like need this in 30 seconds. Sviantek, Rabakina, Sabalenka, the three favorites in the women's. 30 seconds, best bet for the women's singles. I like I like Sabalenka, and this is resembling what we've seen with the men for the last 15 years where there's just a big three now. There's three players, really, that, that have the, the best chance of winning here. I like Sabalenka the most. She crushes the forehand. She's feeling strong mentally after beating Sviatek last uh, last year on clay and the winning a Grand Slam this year. I think she can do it. Rabakina coming in with health concerns. 
Sviatek is not a good grass court player. That means Sabalenka process elimination. She wins Wimbledon. Sabalenka and Djokovic parlay it. Probably good odds. There you have it. His name is Kenny Deutsch. You can follow him over at the Action Network, Covers.com, contributor for Tennis Beds. You can follow him on Twitter at Kenny Deutsch. Kenny, enjoy Wimbledon. Thanks for joining us, man. You guys as well. Have a good holiday weekend. There you yeah. go. Oh, man. July 4th. A master class. Yeah, days. unbelievable. That was, I mean, that was good stuff. I, don't, I mean, that, Jam how, many, how many of those players have you heard of? I know you're not a big tennis guy. Uh, Djokovic. Heard of him. Curious. I, I mean, too? You know, of course, I've heard of Nick. He has the meltdowns insane all the person. time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Taylor Fritz, um, he's the best American. Yeah. Of the th- all the things I don't know in sports, I think I'm going to bet an uncomfortable amount of money for Djokovic to win Wimbledon here. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Can't you wait. better you bet presented by BetMGM. <laughs>